So on today's show, I have Ilea Powell. She is the former or a former executive director at J.P. Morgan Chase. And Ilea has been in a position to see a lot of financial situations and guide people through a lot of good things and a lot of not so good things when it comes to money matters. So Today, we're going to get to talk about some of these sticky situations and how us women can avoid getting ourselves into those and set ourselves up to be financially secure. So I am really excited about having you on the show. And this is our inaugural 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 show. And if I could even talk, I'm so excited. I can't get my words out, but uh, it has been fraught already with some technical difficulties. So we're learning as we go. Um, but yes, welcome. Thank you so much. So um, tell us a little bit about your expertise. Sure. And thank you for having me, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I'm excited as well. Um, so I worked for, like you said, J.P. Morgan Chase for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and through that journey, there were um, a lot of different things I got to do and a lot of different people I got to meet, things I got to learn. Um, I started at the very basic as a teller when I was in college. So I won't go through all my jobs, but mm -hmm. the the largest part of my career was in the financial side as far as investments, helping people grow their wealth, um, people starting out from paycheck to paycheck to helping them grow you know, their assets, and then also just managing others and helping them do that for clients as well. So it was a fun career. It was a great place to be mm -hmm. before I decided to retire early is what mm -hmm. I call it. So in the intro, I talked about some of these um, sticky financial situations that um, sometimes anybody, it's not just, you know, special to women, but anybody can get themselves into. Um, can you tell us about some of these traps that, you know, are super easy for us to get into? And it's, you know, we don't even realize we're walking into it until we we're there. Sure, sure. So some of the traps that especially women, I mean, mm -hmm. you're right, it happens to everybody. So as a woman out there listening or watching this, don't think it can only happen to women because mm -hmm. let me tell you, it's the men and the women. But <laughs> since we're talking to the ladies today, I'll mm -hmm. share some of those traps that we fall into. I mean, really, some of them, you might feel like it's obvious and I can go down long trails um, talking about this all day long. But some of the, the ones that I feel I saw the most were just the lack of confidence. So women would just not do anything, kind of that frozen fear. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that women would think they couldn't do it. And so they wouldn't do it. And so it's just that it's a self-created trap of, of fear of the unknown, fear of not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would cause a lot of issues. Just, I mean, as you can imagine, if you don't ever start looking into your finances, educating yourself, really trying the first step, then that's where you are frozen and you can't grow. Right. So the total lack of confidence is one of the biggest reasons I see women struggle in finances. So what would be a great first step? And um, let's say I'm, um, you know, a new college graduate and I'm about to get my first big girl job. Yeah. Uh, where would be a great place for me to start? Sure. So this will sound very uh, remedial, but the first thing I would say is write down some of your goals. Mm -hmm. OK, so you do have to write down what's what's my goal here. I have my new job. What do I want to do? Is it that I want to start saving? Maybe you don't know what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. So is it to save? I want to buy a house one day. I want to buy a new car. Whatever these goals are, write it down. And I'm not talking about you need a vision board from <laughs> Pinterest or, I mean, just a scrap piece of paper, you know, uh -huh. write that down on what you're wanting and then get out there and start talking to people. Mm -hmm. So talk to those friends who you've seen buy a house, talk to family who have bought a house or talk to um, just 
people at your new job, like mm-hmm. and what they've done. What was the first thing you did when you got your new job with your money? Mm-hmm. And ask those questions because knowledge is going to be the power you need. Mm-hmm. And you only get that from asking the questions. It's truly, there are no stupid questions. Mm-hmm. So if we're starting out um, or maybe we're not starting, you know, we've been um, in our career or maybe we're in between jobs, something like that. What, you know, the big word that we hear a lot in this space is budgeting and sure. the importance of having a budget and um, and sticking to that budget. Yes. Um, <laughs> what should we, uh, when we're talking about a budget, where should we start on, like, should it be a percentage of our uh, income that we should put aside for savings? Like where is a good first step? Sure. Um, so the first step to me on a budget, it, it goes back to what I did just say, write it down, pen and paper, mm-hmm. pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. Don't get out an Excel sheet, you know, something trying to be fancy, mm-hmm. just write it down. So if your income, you know, you're bringing home $4,000 a month mm-hmm. is your income, then yes, I would pick either a set dollar amount or percent. Mm-hmm. I'm flexible. I don't Mm -hmm. care which one it is. Just pick something that's a set number to build a habit, right? Mm -hmm. Because the first thing to do is not, oh, I want to save $5,000. The first thing has to be, I have to start a habit of saving. Mm -hmm. So if that habit's $100 a month, and then you can grow it to be more from there, great. Mm -hmm. But if the habit is 10% of my, my income, so 10% 10% of 4,000 be $400 a month, mm-hmm. then great. Then start that habit immediately. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is write it down, start the habit. And it's okay if it's not as much as you want it to be one day, just start some kind of monthly saving. I love that idea. Cause I think it is easy for us to maybe see other things. And, you know, we, we see other like super successful women who sure. have done well for themselves and they're saving all this money. And we just get so defeated before we've even tried going, right. I can't save, you know, I can't do this. I can't spend that much. I'll sure. never make that much to, to do that. And just, you know, creating that habit, um, you know, in the, I forget the author, but the book Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you just do these little things. It's like, if you want to go work out, you put your clothes on, you know, instead of wearing pajamas, right. you put your workout clothes <laughs> yeah. on. So you like do the little steps right. to make sure that you're setting yourself up to, yes. to be successful. So I really like that perspective. And, um, so we talked about savings and I'm going to cheat. I have some, some notes over here that I'm going to flip through. Now let's transition to, okay, so we've um, started saving and we're thinking of, you know, maybe it's something starting out buying a car or, you know, maybe we're already ready for that step of buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um, what should we do? Where, what would be a good thing to think about before making a big financial decision? Sure. So the example, like a house or even mm-hmm. a car, both big decisions, um, one thing I want the ladies to know, and, and it's for the fellas too, but our who we are, our habits do not change because you make that purchase, mm-hmm. right? So we talk about building that habit of saving something systematic, you know, just getting that habit. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing. If you're going to change your monthly expenses, where all of a sudden you have this more expensive monthly payment for the home you want to purchase, mm-hmm. then start acting like you bought it already now, mm-hmm. right? Because if it's saying, oh, I can afford it, it'll be good. I'll cook all the time mm-hmm. in my new kitchen, you know? <laughs> so, and if you don't cook ever mm-hmm. right now in your nice apartment you have, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change that makes you cook in that house. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, maybe you will every now and then entertain some people, right? But those habits don't just magically appear because of the financial purchase. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we have to really 
know ourselves mm-hmm. and, and think about, okay, I want to buy a home. I know it's going to be $400 more a month than I'm used to now. Mm-hmm. Well, start acting like you owe that mortgage today, mm-hmm. you know, start acting like it now, put that $400 in that savings account I love that when idea. you pay your rent. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pay my thousand dollars rent and I'm going to pay my $400 for the extra mortgage payment I'm going to have mm-hmm. soon, put it away. And if what you need to do in order to afford that is cook at home more then learn that habit now at your apartment, mm-hmm. it's not going to change when you move in the house. <laughs> That's such a good point. And that's so true. It's funny. When I moved into my house, I remember my mom told me, she was like, you're going to love doing chores. Like you're going to love cleaning your house all of a sudden. Yes. And and the feeling does wear off. But yes. <laughs> but it was so true in the beginning. I was like, yeah. oh, I get to clean my cabinet or countertops. I get to, you know, do all this laundry in my, yes. you know, full size washer and dryer. Like it was so exciting to be in my, my brand new house and do those things. Yeah. But yeah, it is, um, you know, I... I have always tended to be frugal. And so the idea of cooking and everything, that's such a great idea. And because when we first started talking about meeting to have this conversation, it was that was one of your lines is act, live like you're already paying for it. And that way you set up those habits. And then, you know, for sure, like, because the worst thing is to put yourself in this position and then you're house poor. Right. And as a as a single mom myself, Mm -hmm. the idea of being house poor and then having that additional stress of like, oh, my gosh, now I've maxed everything out and we need braces because we needed braces. (laughs) Yes. You know, that was like if I had been completely house poor, how Mm -hmm. would I have afforded that? So um, I love that advice. And I think that maybe and we'll see where the rest of the interview goes. But that may be like the best takeaway is live like you're already doing it. You know, and it doesn't have to be for a long time. It Mm -hmm. might be a few months. You know, you Mm -hmm. might it just is telling yourself this is my goal. I can Mm -hmm. do it. And you might show yourself and just three or four months that, yes, Mm -hmm. I can do this. I've changed some key habits and, and I can afford my new mortgage. And then you won't feel in a position where you can't do other things you need to do. Yeah. And, and I even love just from a savings perspective, this idea of cooking at home, because I know it is so easy to fall into that trap of let's, we're just going to get some takeout because I'm so I've worked all day. Now I got to go, you know, go home and get through homework and, you know, do all these things and pick up the house and, and all of that. And so like the one more task of cooking dinner and you're just like, oh, I just want to, you know, phone this one in today. But now, like with the cost of eating out, it is getting so expensive. Mm -hmm. And so like meal planning and all those little bitty tricks that we all hear about and we're like, yeah, I'll do that someday. It really does add up. So it's amazing how that works. So um, and then you know, as I'm, so one of the questions I had thrown out to you in the beginning of this was, what are some of the traps? Um, And and I think you kind of hit on some of these things already. Um, But as we're going in through this process, um, you know, I know at one point you said um, that uh, maybe we don't even get started, you know, and that's kind of a trap. Um, But what are some of the traps that you've seen women fall into? Sure. So, I do feel like that is the main one, just that fear of the lack of knowledge. Um, the second one, I mean, you you might see this just out on social media world, is, mm-hmm. is we do have that comparison trap mm-hmm. that women, I feel like, do fall into. Men do, too. They mm-hmm. just don't admit it as mm-hmm. much. But as women, we'll see it. you know. But there's a big difference in seeing someone that you think is successful, like, oh, they can do these things and afford these things. But there's a big difference in having that wealth and having just irresponsibility, you know, mm-hmm. they may not being responsible, you yeah. know, so don't let yourself compare to others and see, well, she got a new job and she bought a brand new car. I mm-hmm. should be able to do that too. Mm-hmm. Well, 
she may be able to. It might be something she can afford. It might have been planned. It might have been budgeted. But she also might just be irresponsible. And now she can't pay her other obligations, you Mm -hmm. know, and you don't know because Mm -hmm. money is taboo. We don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Friends aren't talking about that at happy hour and saying, (laughs) you know, oh, yes, I made a terrible decision. I bought this. I can't afford it. I don't know Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't talk about that. We talk about everything else, but people just don't really talk about their money with friends or family or unfortunately anybody. So Mm -hmm. stay away from that comparison trap. Stay away from just the fear of asking Mm -hmm. and as though you're the only person that's been there. Mm -hmm. So get out and talk to professionals. Mm -hmm. Listening to something like this, you know, Mm -hmm. is a big help. So ask the questions. If you don't know the questions, say, I want to buy a house. I have no clue where to start. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'll never get there. What should I do? Mm -hmm. So just ask the questions. It's okay. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is so taboo to be even with our closest girlfriends, because we there is I think there's a lot of pride associated, especially as women. um, And I can speak from it from an angle of being a single mom like Mm -hmm. I I need to work on my pride level about the like, hey, look what I've done, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, and to be in a position where I might be struggling, like I'm going to start doubting myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get down on myself. And then, then to talk to other people about it, it's like, why would I want to share that um, about myself? And so um, it is so hard to be open and honest with finances. And, you know, there is that type we never want people to know what we make or anything like that. And so how, like, let's say you're at a happy hour and you're going to be the bold one or, you know, in a church group or some, you know, some sort of an environment, um, having friends over for coffee, what do you, how do you think a comfortable way or does that could that even exist in our society outside of a like, you know, here at Home Buying for Women, we have growth groups that we're setting up where it is like we are there to talk money. Yeah. This is the point. It's guided. There's, you know, prompts that we can that start us talking about things um, because I think we need the space. Yes. Um, so is there a way outside of something like this where you could feel like you could have a natural conversation or is it just so socially taboo? Um, you know, there's no hope. Well, <laughs> a little of both, right? Okay. So step one, just get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We have to tell ourselves that with a lot of things, mm-hmm. but especially when talking about money. Mm-hmm. So it's going to feel weird and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you also would have to be the one that initiates it mm-hmm. because you're right. Sitting down with friends, having people over just to hang out, it's not going to be the conversation. But if you have a question, then just initiate it. Be like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to buy a house. You guys just bought this beautiful home. What's the one thing you learned? What's the one thing you wish you knew before you mm-hmm. did it? You know, like mm-hmm. just asking their opinion. People love to talk about what they've done, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people like to say, here's what I did well, mm-hmm. but then ask, what did you wish you had known? Mm-hmm. Like, did it all just go smooth and perfect? Or was there something you wish you had known before? So kind of, you have to pry and dig for mm-hmm. some of those things, but that's not asking for their failure. Mm-hmm. Everybody wishes they had known one thing mm-hmm. before they did something else. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of financial mistakes in my history and I have a lot of financial successes, but mm-hmm. I'm in the business. I was in the business for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I am open to talk about it, but if somebody's not, then you just have to start asking the questions like, sorry for asking, but mm-hmm. I was curious. I think that's a great way to start it though, where it's not like a cl- clear, like prying into their personal mm-hmm. life. Like the, the question of what do you wish you would have known? Yes. And then I think that just naturally opens up a dialogue on, yes. you know, I wish I would have known 
I wish I would have thought to, you know, spend it like I was already in, in that world. And right. so I knew exactly what I was going to walk into. And, um, and the nice thing about buying a home is, you know, you work with a lender early on and they're going to give you an estimated, uh, your estimated monthly payment. Right. So you can know that going in, if you say, Hey, I think I'm going to want to buy a house around this much, or I want my, you know, I'm comfortable with my out of pocket being this, um, working with that lender and then you'll know what to save for. Um, but yeah, so that, then that, I like that idea of what you wish you would have known. And I think that can apply not to buying a house, but even if we're at a point where we're wanting to invest in the stock market yeah. or put money in a 401k, you know, things like that, that we maybe have never done before. Cause we felt like we need to max out our, you know, afraid to put money away because we think we need it every month. Um, that's a really great way to get that conversation started. So the one thing I feel like I have to say, because mm -hmm. I know your focus is home buying, but I love investments. That's been my world forever. Mm -hmm. So here's the one thing I'd want to say is you don't have to wait until you have a lot of money, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It kind of goes back to the just start something systematic. Mm -hmm. Truly, when I was a teller starting at the bank in college, I just signed up for my 401k. Mm -hmm. I Once I got to where I had $1,000, I went and bought a mutual fund with the investment lady. I had no clue what it was. It didn't really make sense. But mm -hmm. I was like, well, we're telling people they should do this. And I work <laughs> in this bank. So I want to buy one of these things too. Mm -hmm. And that mutual fund turned into my first down payment on my home wow. a few years later. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but that's not something I knew. I didn't know why I was doing it other than I wanted to start to learn about it. So then I started getting the monthly statement and learning mm -hmm. about it. So it's like, start small. The 401k deposits in the beginning were like 20 bucks a paycheck. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything, but then at least I was in the world starting to learn about it. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's okay to start small with any of it. Well, so to, on to that route then. So you're talking about investing in a 401k. Um, just from a general financial health perspective, how should we, is there kind of a standard formula on when that paycheck comes in, how we should div divvy that up? And as far as, you know, this much, much into retirement, this much into just a personal savings that I can access if I need to, because, sure. you know, with retirements, um, there are penalties, like just because we put it in retirement, we right. can't touch it. Um, and if we do, then, you know, a lot of money comes out from that. So right. how should we divvy up that money if we're, you know, maybe we're not ready to start saying we're going to save for a home, but we just want to save because we, right. like you said, you know, you should do it. But what is, what does that look like? Sure. So in the beginning to me, it's just start out with the minimum. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that might argue with it and say, oh no, you need to start right away with, you know, this $200 a month or a hundred dollars a month after 10 years equals this. You, mm -hmm. know, you see mm -hmm. those, those formulas and those math problems. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's just knowing like your company, a lot of companies out there that, that college graduate might start working for mm -hmm. uh, right out of school is going to have a 401k. They have a matching program. So I would say, just don't leave the free money on the table. Meaning if that company is going to match your 5% you put in, mm -hmm. then that's what you should at least be putting in. Mm -hmm. Just start with the 5%. It doesn't feel like a lot, but just put it in. So then your company is giving you their free match. Mm -hmm. So it's just a starting point. Now, at some point, what I want you to say, hey, I'm maxing it out. You know, mm -hmm. you're putting in the most the IRS allows you to every year. Sure. But that's not going to be in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't put a taboo number on yourself. But it'd be start with at least making sure you're not leaving on the table that free money your company will give you. Okay. And if they're not going to give you anything, then yeah, at least start with something. So 5% is a good number to start with. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as the rest of your paycheck, then yes, you're going to have your tithe, your giving, and then what you're going to live on left over, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then let's say, so I do feel like um, when it comes to having a, you know, a paycheck from an employer, I think we're getting more and more people who are in, you know, whether you call it the gig economy or whatever, where we're more 1099 and, and we're not going to get into like tax <laughs> advice because um, we do have to be careful with that. But um, let's say it, like so someone like me, I'm an independent sure. contractor. I don't get a paycheck every other week. And right. so I get one lump sum and then I myself have to save for taxes, save for, you know, right. retirement, things like that. So let's say I'm just getting one lump sum, um, assuming I kind of already know what I should save for taxes. Um, then do you think um, it's the same applies like that 5% would be the goal? So for me, on anybody that does not have a set income, which mm -hmm. you're right, it's a lot of careers now. Mm -hmm. um, people make money a lot of different ways. I would just look at your few, a few months trend, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a year's worth of a trend to look at, then look at that. If you have just a few months, then start there. Mm -hmm. But look at what your bottom baseline is. Mm -hmm. So is great. You have some good months where you make I don't know, $10,000 a month. And then there's months where you make $3,000 a month. Like whatever the baseline's going to be, set your budget on that baseline, mm -hmm. right? Or even just the average will, will work. But you just need to use a steady number to then be able to budget and say, here's how much I can put away. Mm -hmm. So don't budget based off of, I'm going to plan on having these really strong months for six mm -hmm. months in a row. That's how I'm going to you know, solve my problem, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever you're trying to do, base it off of that average or that baseline. Mm -hmm. And then anything extra, then you can put away extra into savings from that, or it might be actually getting to plan for a trip or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. But just do any of your planning when you don't have a set income, do it off of that average or even the baseline. Okay. So I didn't prep you for this question, but sure. it just occurred to me. So one thing that I um, I know is helps with me when I'm goal setting sure. is I give myself some sort of award once mm -hmm. I've hit my um, like any of my goal goals. Mm -hmm. um, and so like one of the things is that I'm trying to get outside of, especially with this home buying for women where we're trying to save and, and make good financial decisions. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of, okay, like how can I do something that doesn't necessarily cost money where it's like, oh, I saved all this money. I'm going to go on a shopping spree, you right. know, then it like kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> sure. And so, um, you know, and maybe it's a personal question, like for everybody, it's going to be different, but what would you do, Ilea, <laughs> if you had set this financial goal and knowing that you're trying to be frugal, what would be maybe one or two things that you would do to celebrate that win? Wow, you're right. I was not expecting that question. <laughs> um, so I am a little bit in the same way where when I have a goal, I would kind of post that picture. Mm -hmm. In my early 20s, I wanted this certain new car. I had the picture mm -hmm. in front of me forever on my desk. Mm -hmm. So not exactly that goal for getting there. Mm -hmm. And it was not frugal. And then I bought this car. And I don't know that it was one of my best financial decisions, but I hit the goals, bought the car, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would have done something different. That's, mm -hmm. that's for another day. Um, in, in today's world, for me, it really would just be giving myself a break, you know, mm -hmm. so maybe you don't have to spend money, but maybe you can take a break from something that's your normal, more stringent routine mm -hmm. that you have, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it is just like, you know, I'm going to give myself permission just to relax, have even just a home spa day. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't always have to be on go. I don't always have to be doing something productive. Mm -hmm. Being productive might just be, hey, I'm going to relax today. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. We're in a very driven world and that's, yes. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But, but sometimes the answer is just, you know, sit down and read a book for fun. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to educate you on finances <laughs> or on what's the best help for whatever situation it is, mm -hmm. but just do something relaxing, do something rewarding that you like. So you 
like you said, it's personal. Mm -hmm. But on my last vacation, I took a book that was just for fun and actually completed it. And it felt great. Uh So that was a a big reward for me. (laughs) That would be, I have not read a book. I hate, I'm like embarrassed. I've not read a book in almost a year because it's just been like, go, go, go. So I'm, I'm ready to read a book. That would be my reward too. So, um, well, is there anything else as we kind of wrap this up? Is there anything else that you would like to throw out there as far as things we should know when it comes to setting ourselves up well for finances, buying a house, any any parting words that you'd like to give? Sure. Um, you know, I do have one thing I used to like to say to clients, mm-hmm. and it really was just to make it hit home a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's with the encouragement to just sit down and do it, to just look mm-hmm. at your finances, because we're very reactive in finances. We're very passive. So we have to be active, right? Mm-hmm. And to sit down and think for a minute that I spend more time planning that one week vacation mm-hmm. than planning my retirement. I spend more time planning my child's birthday party <laughs> than planning for how am I going to make this home purchase, you know, three years from now. Mm-hmm. So, and and we all do it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, this is the now I can see it. My kid's going to turn seven. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. But you have these goals that you need to also sit down and plan for. Mm-hmm. And we just we just don't. We spend more time doing all the other busy things mm-hmm. than get out the piece of paper and the pencil. Mm-hmm. And I will advocate pencil and paper forever. <laughs> you know, if you have a pencil sharpener, you can hear the noise. Uh-huh. Sharpen that pencil and sit down and start writing out the numbers. Mm-hmm. Don't do it on your computer. It doesn't hit home as much. Mm-hmm. Just write it down. Um, and, and that's where spend more time planning for your financial future than mm-hmm. you do for a one-week vacation. They do say that there is something about the tactile process of writing it down. It's like when you take notes for college, you're going to learn more by writing it down instead of typing it out. So whatever the, you know, psychology is behind that. I don't know. For every Mm -hmm. FINRA exam I ever had to do for, Mm -hmm. for my job, I would get something wrong and I'd sit there and write the answer. Like I just (laughs) would have to write it. Mm -hmm. Like I just write things. So I'm a fan of pencils and paper I'll keep them in business forever. Yeah. And and I am too, as much as I'd love to be completely <laughs> digital, it just my brain doesn't always work that way. But so some big takeaways I really like from today's conversation are the don't fall into the comparison trap. Yes. Um, write your goals down. Start like let your goal for today be to write the goals down. Yes. Like that is a great way to get started yeah. and, and start small that you don't have to set yourself up for some really big number, because I think if you go too high and if you don't hit it, right. then you're going to get onto yourself and feel bad that you're like, oh, I didn't hit it. Why should I yeah. even try? So yeah. even if the goal is twenty five dollars, you know, just start yeah. with twenty five dollars and then um, you can incrementally increase that. And we actually have on our freebie section on the Home Buying for Women website, and you click on the freebies button. I have a chart that you can save and it shows you if you just incrementally increase how much you can save. And so it's just kind of a goal setter to do that. So, well, Ilea, thank you so much for coming out today and doing this. And um, oh, you guys didn't see all this, but the the technical difficulties getting this started had me so flustered. So you were completely patient and amazing. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Well, friends, that is the show for today. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to rate and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends. The growth of this channel is critical to giving you quality interviews like this to help women like you set yourselves up 
for financial success. And if you want to start the process of your home buying journey, join one of our growth groups. Growth groups meet virtually and they're designed to keep you encouraged through this process and provide you with tips and resources to get you positioned to buy a home. You can sign up for one today at homebuyingforwomen.com growth. In addition, those who like to wear suits in the office tell me that I need to let you know that I am not a financial advisor, CPA, tax advisor, or anyone that is tied to your individual finances, nor are any of my guests unless otherwise specified. The content provided by our platform is for informational purposes only and are expressions of opinion. In order to make the best financial decision for your situation, you should seek advice from a seasoned CPA, financial or investment advisor, lender, or realtor. And if you're looking for a seasoned lender or realtor, we can help you with that. Just go to homebuyingforwomen.com guide and answer a few questions for us to get you connected. Well, I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Bye now.